Proverbs 22.6 says, direct your children onto the right path. When they're older, they will not leave it. This message is the 11th in the series, From Me to We. The message is entitled, Help, I'm a Parent, Part 4. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Grab your Bibles, your teaching sheets, if you will, as we turn our attention to God's Word this evening. We're involved, actually wrapping up a series of messages we've been involved in, actually, since September, called From Me to We, and for the last several weeks, we've been talking about parenting, and I want to wrap that up this evening as we conclude this series together. By the way, just a quick announcement. Uh, tonight, this weekend, is Water Baptism Weekend. If you haven't been baptized since becoming a follower of Jesus, this is a great time to go ahead and follow Jesus in baptism. You say, well, I'm not sure if I'm prepared for that. All you need to do is show up in the common which is on the first floor of this building at the end of tonight's service, and they will take care of you and get you baptized. Wonderful thing to follow Jesus in baptism. You know, when we're talking about this Me to We series, we're talking about relationships, and one of the key relationships in life is the parent-child, child-parent relationship. It's extremely important that we understand what the Bible says to us about parenting, and the Bible is filled with wisdom for every realm of life, including the realm of parenting. And whether you are a parent or maybe you potentially will be a parent one day or just an adult that might be concerned and should be concerned with the next generation, the principles that we need to learn together from God's Word about this. I want to take you back to Proverbs chapter 22, verse number 6, which is the beginning point of our teaching time on the Help I'm a Parent section here. And I want you to read it together with me aloud and loudly, Proverbs 22, verse number 6. Let's read together. Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. Notice this phrase, direct your children, that's our responsibility, onto a particular kind of path. What kind of path? It's the right path. This means that there's a right path, there's also a wrong path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. Let's see what the Passion Translation, how it gives this to us. And I'll read it for you. Dedicate your children to God and point them in the way that they should go, and the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. Again, it talks about us dedicating our children to God. In fact, we've mentioned the reality that our children do not belong to us. They belong to God, and so we need to dedicate them back to God and then point them, again, direct them, point them in the way that they should go. And then we have this promise that when they get older, the values they've learned from us will be with them for the rest of their lives. We've been talking about how do you do this? How do you dedicate your children to God, and how do you point them in the way in which they should go? And so far, we've talked, and we're looking at nine principles. We've talked about uh, understanding the goal of parenting, the, f- the first weekend of this section together. We talked about improving your parenting style. We talked about developing a relationship with your children. We talked about learning how to affirm your kids. We talked about staying engaged with them. Last weekend, we talked about taking the time to teach them, the value of teaching them. We also talked about establishing boundaries and providing discipline for them. And I want to talk this weekend about two final principles when it comes to training your children, directing them in the right path that will help us to do this effectively. And the first one tonight is this very important truth. We need to encourage challenges and reward accomplishments and effort with our children. We need to encourage our children to be challenged and then to to reward their accomplishments and reward their efforts. Challenges are very important for a child's development. The Bible teaches this, and actually research validates it. I'm going to give you a little bit of research tonight when it comes to challenges. I'll define this for you in just a moment. But there's a, a psychologist by the name of Carol Dweck, and she did some research on, on, uh, on mindsets, kids' mindsets, actually kids' and parents' mindsets. And she described two different kinds of mindsets, people that either have a fixed mindset 
or a growth mindset. Say that with me. Fixed or growth. Two basic mindsets. That you raise a child either with a fixed mindset or with a growth mindset. A fixed mindset looks at challenges as though they're, they're not good. They avoid challenges. They, they try to sort of find the easiest thing to do in life that they can succeed at, and they do it over and over again so that they'll feel good about themselves. And they never want anything that's going to challenge them in any way. There's a lot of adults like that. They want to find their comfort zone in life. Don't give me anything that's going to stir me up or cause me to be challenged in any way. And so it's a fixed mindset, you never grow. And of course, the opposite of that is a person that accepts and embraces challenges and says, you know what? I need to be a growing person. If your child is going to succeed in life, it's extremely important to understand that they're not going to succeed fully in the full potential that God has for them if they have a fixed mindset. You know, the children of Israel had this problem. When God allowed them to come to the, to the shores of the, of, the sea of, of, the, uh, of the promised land, or I should say the territory of the promised land, and God said, I want you to go in and take this land. Uh, first of all, Moses sent in 12 spies, and those 12 spies go in, they check it out, and they see, well, it's a great land. They come back and give a report. And 10 of the spies said, it's beautiful, it's awesome, it's amazing, but there are too many giants there. We can't do this. It's an impossibility. It's sort of they had a fixed mindset that there was no future for them, a fixed mindset that they could not embrace a challenge. And there were two of them that had a different mindset, of course, Joshua and Caleb. And they said, if God said it's possible, then it's possible. We're, will- we're willing to embrace growth embrace expansion. And it's so important for all of us to realize that our children need to understand that challenges are a valuable part of life. And many parents, unfortunately, are always kind of trying to remove the challenges from their child and make life easy for them. And I will tell you that when you do that, you're actually doing that to their detriment. You're not helping them to become the person that God wants them to be. Because every person in life, when you're growing, part of what you'll develop on the inside, when you face challenges, you'll develop something that often is referred to as grit on the inside. I mean, you know that you need a little grit to make it through life. Amen? You got something that grabs hold and says, I- I'm going to hold on when life is tough. I'm going to fight out through the process. I'm going to be a growing person. Now, this is consistent with Scripture. Even though Psychologists talk about this. We have to go back and realize that the Bible is very clear about this as well. Let me take you to James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, and let's see what the Bible says about this growth mindset, this grit that you and I need to develop and we need to develop in our children. My fellow believers, this is the Passion Translation, when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, that means that life is going to have some difficulties. See it as an inevitable, invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Then he goes on to say, for you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up what? Power within you to endure all things. James says you've got to face some difficulties in life and some challenges along the way. And when you do that, something happens on the inside of you that makes you grittier. It makes you a person who has the capacity to endure. And what I would say to all of us as parents is to realize that you need to make sure that you allow your children to have some challenges enough. Don't remove all the challenges from them because you want them to have a growth mindset. You want them to have some grit on the inside that says, you know what? When life gets difficult, I'm just going to bear down with 
with my faith. I'm going to go forward. Life is not going to set me back. When life does even try to set me back, I'm still going forward with my faith. Every child needs some grit. Every child needs to be able to face challenges. Don't remove the challenges from your kids. Let them experience what they need to experience and then celebrate. Here's another thing I'll mention very quickly here. Celebrate not just their victories, but celebrate their effort. Amen? Sometimes they're gonna, they might try something new and it may be a little hard for them and they may not succeed, but here you always want to celebrate their effort to grow. Anything that is an effort for them to grow, you celebrate it in their life because it provides them this mindset that will take them through life successfully. The second thing, and this is where I want to spend most of my time this evening. I just wanted to mention that last point because I think it's a very important one for parents in our culture today. But here's the one I, I want to really talk about for a few moments, and that's to nurture your children child's faith, to nurture your child's faith. And this is where we're going to wrap up as a part of this series. This last point out of all the nine points I will give you in, in relationship to your children, this is the most important thing that you need to do. You need to give your child a faith in God that, and to lead them to, to a meaningful, personal relationship with God. This is the one thing that they need above and beyond anything else in their life. They need their own personal what? Faith. Whatever education you give them, whatever extracurricular opportunities you provide them, all those things are wonderful, and they should be done as much as we can as parents to provide these kind of things that we nurture growth in. But unfortunately, what we have in our culture today is we have a lot of parents who are pouring a lot of money into their children but academically, but also for extracurricular activities and sports and all these kind of things, and nothing wrong with any of that kind of stuff. But if you do all of that and you miss this, you've missed the most important thing for your child. Are you hearing me? Okay. You can send your child to the NBA because you've trained them well, but if they go into NBA and don't have faith, guess what's going to happen to them? They're going to miss out on the, on the perfect plan God has for their life. And so the most important thing to realize is you, as a parent, this is your job. Whose job is it to nurture your child's faith? Whose is it? Is it the church's job? Well, well yes, but we, we, we come alongside you as a parent. And so if you're going to be a Christian parent, someone that says, I, I'm, a, I'm a follower of Jesus, then you have to, as a parent, embrace the responsibility that you actually, in your family, become your child's pastor. You're a parent, but you also their pastor. You're their one that's leading them forward in their faith. And the Bible is very, very clear about this. Let me take you to Deuteronomy chapter 6. And I want you to notice what God said to the children of Israel as they're going into the promised land. They're getting ready to occupy the land. I want you to see what his words were to them. Notice what it says. These are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you're about to enter and occupy. So God says, I'm starting with you as parents first. I've given you commands. I've given you decrees. I've given you regulations. And I've, ta I've taught you. And I want you to do what? Obey. I want you to obey in the land that you're about to enter and occupy. But it doesn't stop there. He goes on and says, and you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. So he says now he's moved from the parents talking to us about our children and our grandchildren. How many know that God cares about your legacy? God cares. God sees beyond 
this generation. God sees generations to come. God is a generational God. Oftentimes you'll see in Scripture God referring to Himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and not just the God of Abraham, but also of Isaac, who was Abraham's son, and of Jacob, who was Abraham's grandson. And so God sees generationally. And so He speaks to us about our responsibility to obey. And then He says, I want you to transfer this to your children, your grandchildren. They need to fear the Lord as well. Let's continue on in the passage here. As it goes on to say, listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors promised you. He continues on. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the Lord alone. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your strength, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your... Repeat them again and again to your... What is he talking to us about as parents again? Our kids. Talk about them when you are at. Then say church there. It says where? At home. And when you're on the road, that's when you're on a journey with them, you're having conversation with them. When you're going to bed and when you are getting up, tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. What I want you to see is there's a very clear perspective in Scripture that God says, parents, grandparents, you have a responsibility to nurture the faith of your kids. In just a few moments, I want to share with you actually how to do this, but I want you to get this deeply in, in, ingrained in your heart today. This is something that you, are you hearing me tonight? That you and I one day are going to stand before God. Do you believe that? One day, you and I are going to stand before God. We're going to give an account of our lives to God. And one of the things that we as parents and grandparents will give an account to God for is how did we, how did we transfer our faith to our children? Now, we can't, we, we, we can't guarantee that our kids are going to follow us in our faith, but we have to do our job in the process. Let me take you now to Deuteronomy chapter 11 as God's continuing this theme in chapter 11, verses 18 through 21. So commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Teach them to your Children, Notice there's a command there. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. It goes on to say, so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. God has a promised land for you, but he also has a promised land for your kids as a promised land for your grandkids, but it's your job, my job, our job to teach these things to our children. So let me walk you through how do you do this? Because I would say over my years of pastoring that this has been one of the biggest challenges for most parents to understand how to do this. How do you and I as a parent actually take this charge to nurture the faith of our kids. The natural tendency that we have is to put that responsibility on the church, okay? Now, I'm, I'm very quick to tell you tonight, as, as the pastor of our church, we're very committed to the next generation. We have an excellent children's ministry. We have an excellent youth ministry. We try to do our best to invest in kids at every level we possibly can. We have a phenomenal uh, opportunities through internship programs and a variety of things that we do to, to minister to the next generation. But I will tell you that generally speaking, we have your children about one to one and a half hours a week at the most. Are you hearing me? 
You bring them to church. We're going to be here for about an hour, hour and a half at the most. And you drop them off to their class. And I will tell you something. They need a lot more faith than that one and a half hours we'll give them. Amen? Okay. Who has them for the rest of the time? Well, of course, they go to school. They have other responsibilities. But a large percentage of that time, who are they looking to? Where are they going to get an understanding of their faith? Not from the church. The church reinforces what you're doing, hopefully, at home. But it's, that, it's your job to embrace this. And let me tell you, I'm not just laying a guilt trip on you here, but I'm telling you this because I, I believe that if we, we take the responsibility to do this, I believe that we can, see it ama- we can see amazing things happen with our kids. God has promises for your children. Amen? God has a future for your children. God has blessings for them. God wants to take them to places that you didn't dream possible in their lives. And so what we do as parents is we, we provide the spiritual shoulders for them to stand on for future generations to come so they're strong and able to do everything God wants them to do and be everything God wants them to be. Can I get an amen right there, okay? So how do we do this? Because this is a big job. I'm going to tell you exactly how you do it. Seven ways to nurture your children, to, to teach these things to your kids. If you're a grandparent, this applies to you as well. Maybe, maybe not in the same kind of way that it does to a parent, parent but, it, but there's still principles that we look at together. Let's walk through these for the next few moments. The first thing that you do, you've got to live your faith in front of them. You need to live a Jesus-centered life. I've got a couple amen somewhere here, okay? You can't live a life, do what I say, it's do what I do. Okay. And kids are brilliant. Kids know how to smell a hypocrite a thousand miles away, don't they? Okay. They're able to pick up their senses, realize when mom and dad are saying one thing but living something else, they get it, they understand that. And so what you and I need to do is realize that we need to have a personal faith ourselves. We need to live a Jesus-centered life. Jesus needs to be at the forefront of your life, the forefront of your commitment that, you, that your kids need to know that the number one love in your life is your love for God. It is sense that and see that in the way that you live and the actions that you have, the attitudes that you portray. It does not mean that you're perfect, but what it does mean is this. It means that when you do fail, when you do mess up, you acknowledge that. You, you're, you're, you, you, you're able to let your kids know that you're, you're not perfect, but you have a God who is a forgiving God and you live in relationship with Him. Notice what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 1, a phenomenal verse of Scripture. Read it together with me. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. What should you be able to say to your kids? Follow my example as I'm following the example of Christ. Am I going to do it perfectly all the time? No, I'm going to mess up sometimes. But when I do, I'm going to acknowledge when I mess up. I'm on a journey, but my number one love is a love for God and follow my example as I follow the example of Jesus Christ. So that's where it all begins. Let me say something to you. If you don't have a personal faith in Jesus, this is where it begins for you tonight. Your kids need to see a faith in you. If you never invited Jesus into your life, you need to start with that, that point in your journey. That you, Tonight's the night you say, Jesus Christ, come into my heart, come into my life. I'm starting my journey with you. Let's go to the second thing. Here's your second way of imparting to your kids. How do you pass your faith on to your children? Promote a personal relationship with God over what? Religion. Let me tell you what religion is. Okay, I'm gonna give you a very simple concept of religion here, okay? Religion is primarily external. External rituals, 
and external rules. There's a difference between religion and what's this other word? Relationship. This goes to the external. This goes where? To the heart. Internal. Christianity, I want to announce something tonight. Maybe you never thought of it this way before. Stay with me as I announce it. Although it's often put in these terms, Christianity is really, in its, in its most clear definition, not a religion. It's not a religion, okay? Christianity, in its purest sense, represents a relationship with God. Because religion is always focused upon what the rules are and what the rituals are so that God will finally be pleased with me. So if I I follow the rituals and I follow the rules, and maybe when I come to the end of my life, I've done the rituals effectively, and if I follow the rules enough, then I get to go to heaven. That's called a works-based mentality. You're working your way into heaven. Let me tell you something. You can never be good enough to get to heaven. You can't work your way into heaven. I don't care what you do. You can't keep the rules all the time. Amen? And you can't follow all the rituals. And so that's why religion binds people up. It keeps them locked into what I've got to do to make God happy with me. Relationship with Christ is different. We're accepted into the beloved of, of, of the kingdom of God, family of God, by putting our faith in Jesus who did the work for us. He followed the rules. He did everything that needs to be done so that when we put our faith in him, he gives us a gift of his righteousness and he allows us to enter into his family, not on the basis of our performance, but on the basis of his performance. It's a relationship. I trust in him for my salvation. I'm not trusting in me for my salvation. I'm trusting in Jesus for my salvation. I have a relationship with him because I know him. I get to go to heaven. I don't get to go to heaven because I I followed the rituals and I followed the rules. I I go to heaven because I have a relationship with the one who kept all the rules, okay? Because I know him. See, this is the thing that that religion will turn your kids off. Religion will, religion it will take all the joy out of your life. Who wants to spend all their life trying to make sure you get all the rituals and rules right? But if you get a relationship with God, then out of that relationship with God, you, you want to do the right thing, not because the external says you've got to do it, but because what? You have a relationship that points you to something that says, I, I want to give back the same kind of love I've received. I want to love God because he's loved me first. I want to obey him because he's done so much to me and for me. And so it's a relationship. So you want to make the distinction that as a follower of Jesus Christ, you're not promoting a religion. You're teaching your kids about what? It's all about what? It's all about the heart. It's all about a relationship. Everybody with me still so far here? Okay. Let's go to the next one. Okay. Revelation 3.20. Look. I've been standing at the door. This is the words of Jesus. What does he say here? Look, I've been standing at the door and I'm constantly knocking. If anyone hears me calling him and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. You got that promise there? Jesus said it's it's about a relationship. I want to come into your life. If you hear me calling you, and he does call us by his Holy Spirit, when we respond, we open the door of our heart. He says, I come in. I I want to have a relationship, fellowship with, with you and you with me. Very powerful verse that reminds us of this. Here's our next thing that we understand. How do you pass your faith on to your children? Share Jesus with your children to make sure they understand the story and the purpose of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. 
Whose job is it to share Jesus' story with your kids? The church is going to do it. Yes, we're going to do our best to share the gospel with your kids, and we do that every, every week. One of the things I love about our church every week, and you ought to celebrate this as well and be thankful for it along with, with all of us here, that every week in our children's ministry, we have kids that give their hearts to Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Every, every week we have kids that are giving their, every week generally in our youth ministry or whatever uh, times that they meet, we have kids that are giving their hearts to Jesus. It's wonderful because we share the gospel. But you need to be sharing the gospel with, with your kids as well. What is the gospel? The gospel is everybody's a sinner. I'm going to give you the simple gospel. Okay, you ready here? Everybody tracking with me tonight? Okay. You can share this with anybody. So really simple, okay? Everybody's a sinner for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody's a sinner, okay? That is, we're distant from God because of our sin. That's Romans 3.23. You can write these scriptures down if you'd like to. This is how you share the gospel. Romans 5.8. But God demonstrated his love toward us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's the gospel. I'm a sinner, but even though I'm a sinner, Jesus gave his life for me. He loved me so much, he gave it. That's the second point of the gospel. The third point of the gospel, Romans chapter 6, verse, 20, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Savior. The wages of sin is death. So all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? How many have sinned? Oh, okay. But God demonstrated his love for us in this while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. That's the good news story. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Savior. So that's, that's the third element of the gospel that we have a choice to make. The wages of sin is death. You want to continue to live in your sin? Well, the payment for that is death, but there's a free gift of God. It's called the gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. And then the, the fourth point, of the gospel, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if you will confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And add to that verse 13, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the gospel in what's called the Roman road. Four very, very clear things. And when you become familiar with that, you can share it with your children, you can share it with anybody. If somebody wants to know, how do, how do, how do I know how to go to heaven? Romans 3.23, Romans 5.8, Romans 6.23, Romans 10, 9, 10, and 13. And there you have the complete gospel in those four passages. Hope that help anybody tonight? Yes. Now you know how to lead anybody to Jesus. Isn't that great? So go out this week and lead somebody to the Lord. Okay, do that. Starting with your kids, all right? Okay. Yeah. Here it is in a nutshell as well. Read it together. You know this verse, don't you? For God... So love the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. All right, let's go to the next thing. How do you share your faith with your kids? How do you pass it on to your children? Schedule devotional times with your family. Make them age-appropriate, positive, creative, and, and brief, okay? This, this, is, this is what you need to do. If you're gonna... If you're gonna if you're going to have faith imparted to your kids, you need to have a devotional time in your family. And this is the thing that I think really gets a lot of people frustrated or I don't know what to do. How do I have a devotional time with my kids? What do I do? Well, first of all, uh, don't, don't make it like a major big deal. You can do this. Say it together. I can do this. 
okay? Every parent can do this. It's not complex, okay? I want to demiss, to take away the myth tonight. Everybody can do this. You don't have to be, you don't have to have a, a, a master's in theology to do this, okay? You don't have to have a bachelor's in theology. You don't have to have an associate's. You don't even have to know much about the Bible to do this, okay? Every parent can do this. It's just a matter of scheduling a time. There are a lot of amazing, wonderful, devotional children's devotional books. I don't have time tonight to take you on a journey of, of, of all these different ones. Just search it on the web. Great devotional books for kids. And find the age-appropriate thing and then read them a story. But here's the key. Take some time either in the morning for our family. When our kids were growing up, we did it at night before they went to bed. So before they went to bed, come on, kids, let's all get together. And we sit down together for no more than about 10 minutes, Okay. You don't want to spend, you don't want to like, okay, come on in, we're going to read the book of Leviticus tonight. Don't do that, okay? No, don't do this, please, okay? I wouldn't even come to that, okay? I wouldn't come to that, okay? We're going to say, okay, what we're going to do is going to take about five or ten minutes here. Mommy, dad's going to read a quick story for you, and then we're going to take a moment. What, what do you want us to pray for? What do you want us to pray about tonight? And if your kids are small, they're going to come up with some interesting prayer requests, okay? I mean, some really weird prayer requests sometimes, Okay? But that's okay. Pray about whatever they ask you to pray for, okay? If their hamster has a cold, pray for the hamster, okay? Whatever it is, okay? But what you're teaching them is you're teaching them that God listens to everything. He, he, he hears our cry. He hears our prayer, okay? So you bring them into that world, and so you take a little bit of time, and you have a little devotional reading, a little, little uh, Bible reading. As they get older, then you can expand it a bit, maybe read a, a little verse, maybe, uh, but you don't want to make it long, but you want it to be age-appropriate. It's got to be positive. It needs to be fun. It needs to be creative. It's a positive thing. Don't like, okay, kids, come in. We're going to pray for the next hour. No, no, no. You're not going to do that, okay? It's, it's a very, very simple thing that you do. We read it a moment ago. Let me take you back to this again. Notice it says, actually, actually we didn't read this one a while ago. I'm going to read it for you now. Uh, Proverbs 8, 32 through 35. So listen, my sons and daughters, to everything I tell you, for nothing will bring you more joy than following my ways. Notice the next verse, listen to my counsel for my instruction will enlighten you. You'll be wise not to ignore it. If you wait at wisdom's door, longing, longing to hear a word for every day, joy will break forth within you as you listen for what I, I'll say. And then it says, for the fountain of life pours into you every time that you find me. And this is the secret of growing and the delight and favor of the Lord. What this passage is talking about is waiting for God, spending time with God every day, waiting for something he wants to say to us, and your kids need to realize that God has something to say to you every day if you'll open up and, and, provide, and uh, give him opportunity to speak into your life. Here's our next thing. What is this number five? I think it is, right? How do you pass your faith on to your kids? Read it with me. Pray for your children and pray with your children. Do what? Pray for and pray with. We, we touched on this one a moment ago that in the devotional time, but this is not just for the devotional time. This is for other times as well. First of all, you need to make sure that you are praying for your kids. If you don't pray for your kids, who's going to be praying for them? Can I ask you that? If you're not praying for your kids, who's going to pray for them, right? And so every day, spend, as you're spending time in your own devotional time, make sure you call their names before God. You pray for them. In just a moment, I'm going to help you know how to actually do that in a very practical way. And then make sure as God prompts you. There were, there were times when we were raising our kids that, that, that God would just give me a burden for one of our kids at a certain point in time. I just, it may be in the middle of the day, okay? It might be a, uh, wake up and I, I've gotten up in the middle of the night and prayed for my kids before. I've gotten up in the middle of the night. My kids didn't know that, they, that I was doing so. I went in their room and prayed for them. 
while they were sleeping, okay? Because I knew that I needed to pray something over their life. And so you've got to be sensitive, not only have a dedicated time that you pray for them, but sensitive when the Holy Spirit wants to prompt you to pray because you're going to pray your way through, you're going to pray your kids through a lot of stuff in their life, amen? I mean, your kids getting the stuff. Are you hearing me? Okay. Kids get into stuff, and you've got to pray your way. You've got to pray them through the stuff that they're going to go through, and that's part of being a parent. And then there are times that you want to pray with your kids to make sure that you say, okay, kids, what is it that you're concerned about? Maybe you're driving in the car, and they share a, a little problem with you. So let's pray about that right now. Let's ask God to help us with that. And you're teaching them the importance of going to God in prayer. Let me take you to this passage that will help us to see this. Number 6, 22 through 27. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face, or lift his, turn his face toward you and give you his peace or give you peace so, that, so they will put my name on the Israelites and what I will, I will bless them. Do you know that this is, a, this is what's called the Aaronic blessing? It's a blessing that Aaron would give over the people of God. We use it in our church as I conclude services many times. But you can pray that over your kids as well. But pray blessing over their life. To the left-hand side of the aisle, there's a little bag. I want to invite you to reach down and grab that bag, if you will. It's a purple bag. And reach in that purple bag. And I have a little gift for you tonight, okay? This will help you to understand how to pray for your kids. Can I have about an extra five minutes tonight? That'd be okay with everybody? Okay. Maybe 10 minutes. Everybody grab this. Get your little card there. This little card will help you to know how to pray for your kids. This is not a prayer to pray with your children as much as it's a prayer to pray for your children. Everybody got it? Let me see. Got it in hand? Everybody got one? Okay. Here's what I want to encourage you to do, okay? I did a similar, uh, just a quick note, side note here. I did something similar to this. Uh, I think it was back in 1999 with our church family back in those days. And, and, and um, it was a little different prayer that I gave. And actually, not too long ago, a lady gave me a copy of this back that she'd been using with her children all those years, and they're now grown. This was the prayer, a similar prayer that she prayed over them. So here's what, here's what I would encourage. Keep this card, laminate it if you want to. But put the names of your children. Heavenly Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I pray for my children that I want you to write their names down right there, whatever their names are. If you have grandchildren, write their names down, okay? Take them out, write their names down, okay? So Heavenly Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I pray for my children, and then you know, gave you four lines there. If that's not enough lines, we're going to really pray for you, okay? Okay. <laughs> so, we'll really pray for you. It's not enough lines for you right there where, you know, you... Come see me at the end of the service. We'll give you a second card or something, okay? Got your kids' names down there right there? I mean, it's good to come to church and just do it, right? Okay? Got your kids' names? Okay? If you don't have any kids, just put somebody else's kids down there, okay? Somebody that you were concerned about. Maybe it's a nephew, a niece. It may be someone extended family. But put a child's name down there if you're, if you're prompted to do so. And here's the prayer that you're going to pray. Turn it to the back side now, Okay? This is a prayer that you can pray for them every day. So I don't know what to pray for my children. Here you go. Pray, pray like this. Heavenly Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I pray for my children, and my children are Christy and Jessica, okay? They're families as well. I can give you all of them. I pray for my children 
their names. I pray that you would continually watch over their lives. Help them to understand how much you love them and the plans you have for their future. Draw them to yourself and lead them to a personal relationship with you by putting their faith in Jesus Christ. Help them to stay on the straight and narrow path of righteousness. You can say amen anytime you want to right there, okay. Through the power of your precious blood, help them overcome temptation and protect them from every scheme of the evil one. I claim the promise of Isaiah 54 verse 13. All your children will be taught by the Lord and great will be the peace of your children. I commit myself to be the parent you call me to be as a Christ-like role model to them. Grant me wisdom and, pow- and the power of your Holy Spirit as I seek to love, nurture, train, and direct their lives according to your will and ways. I accept my responsibility and claim the promise of Proverbs 22, verse 6, dedicate your children to God and point them in the way that they should go, and the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. I put them in your hands, asking you to fulfill your word and will in their lives, in Jesus' name, and everybody said... Now think about it. If you pray that prayer over your kids every day, what would it take? Maybe 30 seconds, 45 seconds maybe to pray that prayer. But if you pray sincerely, this is not a ritual, but you pray sincerely with faith over your kids, your grandkids, this kind of prayer every day, God hears a prayer like that coming from the lips of parents and grandparents. Amen? So that's a little, little help for you. It'll help you to know how to actually do that. Let's continue on here with our last two points, Okay. How do you pass your faith on to your children? Bring your children to church and keep them engaged in church life. You got to do this. There's studies that have been done for, about families that attend church and, and children that attend church. Let me read you just a little bit from one particular, one particular study that was done. It said that this, uh, the, the, including church and, and personal devotional time at home with your kids, was linked to characteristics such as better emotional processing and expression, more volunteering, a greater sense of mission, higher levels of, levels of forgiveness, decreased likelihood of early sexual activity, and fewer sexual partners in one's lifetime. There was also the connection between prayer and satisfaction, self-esteem, registering to vote, fewer symptoms of depression, and a lower risk of smoking. All of that comes from just getting your kids where? In church. That's just one study that's been done that relates to what happens when your kids come to the house of God. That's why you need to say, you know what, we're going to have our family in church. I tell people this is an important decision to make, and you're like, make a big decision about church. What is the big decision about church? The big decision about church is you don't decide every weekend whether you're going to go to church or not. A lot of people come to the weekend and say, are we going to go this weekend? I don't know. You want to go? I don't know. You want to go? I don't know. Yeah, you feel. Let's go. Are you going to go? I don't know. That's the, that, that happens every week at church, every weekend. Are we going to church? No, make the big decision. The big decision is every weekend, we're going to go to church. It's going to make the decision. Now, if I'm sick, that's one thing. If I'm on vacation, it's another thing. But, but the point being is that you've made a, that, that takes a lot of the issue away. You don't have to spend any time on the weekend as whether you're going to church. You've already made the decision, okay? For the benefit of your own life and for the benefit of your children as well. Notice Hebrews Chapter 10, verse 25, let us not neglect. It's right here on the screen. Let me give it to you before you. Let us not neglect our church meetings as some people do, but encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of his coming back again is drawing near. Here's the final thing I'd like to mention to you tonight. 
How do you pass your faith on to your children? Build Christian what? Friendships. Surround yourself with people of like faith who will reinforce your, your, kids, your convictions to your children. This is why you need Christian friends, good Christian friendships, because there are times when our kids were growing up that you can, you know, it's amazing. You can say something to your kids all day long and they don't hear you, but then somebody else says it and they get it. You ever noticed that before? Okay, it's like, I just said that to you, okay, right? It's amazing. And so how kids are like, they're tuned in sometimes to the voices of other people above their parents, and that's just kind of a natural thing that happens at times. That's why you better have some good people in your life that talk to your kids. Amen? Okay. That's why they need to be in children's ministry. That's why they need to be in youth ministry, because there are many times that when our kids were going through stuff, they would talk to the youth leaders about stuff that they wouldn't talk to me about, or the youth leaders could reinforce things in their life that, I, I, that maybe I'd already said to them, but they needed somebody else's voice echoing what mom and dad were telling them, and so you need the right voices in your kids' life. I promise you, they've got enough of the wrong voices in their life, Okay. The wrong voices are all around them. And so you need to make sure that you've got them in an environment where they're going to hear other believers who share a like faith of you. Now, let me say something as well. Just because they're in church doesn't mean they're going to share the same faith, okay? This church, we have lots of people coming from different environments and backgrounds. And so there are people at different stages of their growth and development in Christ. And so you've got to be aware of that reality. This is not, this is not a museum of saints. It's a hospital for sinners. It's what we are. And so, but you've got to make a decision. So I've got to find some people to surround my kids with so they'll have some other voices in their life. Amen? I'll give you the last verse here. I think there's a verse here. Is there? Yep. Psalm 1, 1 and 2. Oh, the joys of those who do not, not follow evil's, evil men's advice, who do not hang around with sinners scoffing at the things of God, but they delight in doing everything God wants them to and day and night are always meditating on His law and thinking about ways to follow Him more closely. Powerful, powerful verse. For bad company, 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three says, bad company does what? Corrupts good character. Proverbs 13, verse 20 says it this way. If you want to grow in wisdom, spend time with the wise. Walk with the wicked, and you'll eventually become just like them. Last verse, we're going to wrap up where we started. It's on your notes that I gave you, that little piece of paper I gave you a moment ago as well. Read it with me as we conclude today. Dedicate your children to God and point them in the way that they should go. And the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. How many of you want to just raise your hand right now and claim that for your children and your grandchildren? Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, with our hand lifted up, we lay, lay claim to the fact that we're, we're going to do our part as parents to train up and direct and point our kids in the way that they should go. And also lay claim to the promise, Lord, as they get older, that they will not depart from it. We pray grace over our kids' lives. We ask you to draw them unto yourself. And we pray that your will and purposes would be fulfilled in their lives for your glory and for your honor in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray. And you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out, and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God. And I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus... I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. 
I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to church-redeemer.org slash a new you. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.